Welcome to Weston's Sermon Podcast of the Week. We are so glad you've joined us today. If you have been encouraged by our ministry and would like to support us financially, you can do so at westonroadchurch.com slash give. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy this week's message. Um, it's great to be here. As I said, um, I've been away for two weeks. I was in um, the United States of America, and, uh, and I, was, I was speaking for uh, group publishing. I did two of their camps, uh, one in Utah, which is absolutely beautiful. Um, but where I was out in Utah, there's nothing there but beautiful scenery. And so as much as I love the scenery, um, I would be bored after seeing everything once. And so, it, but it was beautiful. It was hot. I don't like the heat, but it was beautiful. Uh, and then I flew to Massachusetts and uh, did a week of camp there. And all uh, at the same time, leaving my family at home, my wife and four kids. And you know, it's the craziest thing. Whenever you leave to go and do stuff for the Lord, something crazy happens. My wife got pneumonia um, the night before I was getting ready to leave. And I was like, good luck. And... Uh, and so it was, it was, we got through it, thankfully, and uh, we have, if you don't know, we have four kids, so I thought there were four kids, and uh, she's very thankful that I did that, and uh, not true, and so um, she, she was really happy that I was back, I was happy to be back, uh, but I have a busy summer, I'm here this weekend and next weekend, preaching at my home church in a couple of weeks, and then I have two more camps this summer, and so just thankful that God's been opening up some doors, and, uh, and even planning some things for the upcoming school year, which I'm really excited about, and uh, just really excited to see what God does in and through this ministry. Um, if you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to get into God's Word and give you an opportunity to respond at the end of this service, but if you have your Bibles, I would love for you to turn to uh, Psalm chapter 46. Psalm chapter 46 this morning, somewhere in the middle of your Bible. Um, if you are at Revelation, you have gone way too far. If you are just at Genesis, you're just lazy. And so uh, just move over and you'll find it. And while you turn there, uh, it was great. Yesterday I came up early with my family and they're back uh, home right now, back at my in-laws house in Oshawa. And my wife and my three girls, my son stayed at their house, but my three girls, we went to Canada's Wonderland and uh, it was uh, expensive. Let's just get that out of the way. Um, <laughs> Avoid the King's Feast, I think it's, it's called. It's a restaurant there. It is expensive. I actually stopped. The lady told me how much it cost. I'm like, sorry, what? And she repeated it. I said, no, I thought I heard that. I said, how big are the portions? And she says, regular size. I'm like, are you serious? And then I asked another question, and she gave me an answer I didn't want to hear. And I'm like, this is highway robbery. And uh, so it's not the King's Feast. It's the King's Ransom, I guess. And so um, they held my family ransom. And uh, so at night we just ordered a pizza, and that was uh, good for us. But we had a great time. My one daughter, who I talk about often, she cracks me up. She, um, she has this one Band-Aid that she won't remove. Anybody have parents? I mean, parents have kids here who is hanging by a thread. It's just folded over, flops around. Can we take it off? No, I like it. Okay, you do you. That's great. And, uh, and so she was, you know, going on every ride. Water can't take it off. I think she actually stapled it to her forehead, I'm pretty sure. Um, but uh, we had a good time, and we're looking forward to uh, coming up again next weekend and being a part of, uh, of the Toronto life one more time. Uh, but Psalm chapter 46, and I'll start in verse 1. It says this, God is our refuge and strength. We could stop right there, and this will be a great morning, and we have learned so much about God already. But God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way. Though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountain tremble at its swelling, 
verse 4 says, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy, uh, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms, the kingdoms totter, sorry. He utters his voice, the earth melts, the Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress. Verse 8, come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolation on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. And here's verse 10, our verse that we're going to focus on today. It says this. Be still and know that I am God. I'm going to say it one more time. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. Amen. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Let's pray this morning. Father, I thank you for your word and the truth that it speaks. Again, I pray that your word would not be just information this morning, but application for our heart. God, I pray that in this service, in these next few moments, your word will become so grafted to our soul, to our spirit, to our heart, that when we face this world, when we face this life, out of our hearts will come the way we are supposed to live because your word is hidden in our heart. God, I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for the people that are here this morning. We pray a blessing on Pastor Jonathan and his family. God, would you be with them? Would you give them a renewed sense of strength? I pray that you would encourage them. And God, I pray that as they come back from, from their time away, that God, they be rejuvenated and excited for what God is about to do in this place. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Psalm chapter 46, it, it goes from, from starting off with some um, explanation of who God is and what he can do and how powerful he is. But we find ourselves in this verse 10, which is where we want to focus this morning. And he says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. These two words, be still, are so crucial and so important. And I believe that at the end of this service today, if we can take what we've learned today and put it into practice, I believe that our relationship with him and our viewpoint on life, everything about how we proceed forward will be drastically changed because of what we implement through these two words, be still, this morning in this service. I don't know about you, but this life that we are living in is a pretty loud life. The world is pretty loud. There is lots of things going on. I have four kids, and they are loud. They are always busy. They are always talking. My one, my son, my one son, I only have one son. My son, um, he is talking a lot more these days. He's almost two. He's turning two in, in August. And he is just a chatterbox the whole way um, to Oshawa the other day. He was constantly saying, he's like, beep, a beep, a beep, which means a truck. He loves trucks all of a sudden, but he calls them beeps. And uh, he's like, a beep, a beep, dad, dad, dad. I'm like, yes, I heard you the 500 other times that you told me. He's like, a beep. And it was the worst because on the other side of the highway when we were driving here was traffic. So there were lots of trucks. A beep, yes, a beep, yes, dad, a beep. Like he gets so passionate about it. I'm like, great. And then he's just like, a car. And I'm like, okay, awesome, it's good. And I just wish he would say, dad, a minivan, because that's what we drive. And so it was great. But, but he's, he's just excited about all these things. And he wants to tell us about all these things. And he's like, mom, mom, mom. And sometimes when he's trying to talk to me, he says, mom, dad, mom, mom, dad, mom, mom, dad. I'm like, get it together. Focus on one person here for a moment, all right? But he gets so excited, and he just talk, 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 talk. And then we have our three girls who 
talk, argue, talk, talk, argue, 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 talk, 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 talk. Put on this movie. Take off this movie. I don't like this song. Play it louder. Turn it down. Open my window. Close my window. I'm hot. That's why your window's open. No, I mean cold. Okay, close the window. I have no idea how to survive in a minivan with my kids. But that's what I hear. It's just constant talking. It's crazy. Man, I should go to the States for two more weeks. I'm just joking. That's not true. But... But they're just, it's just loud, and, and sometimes you just want to just, you know, I can't wait until bedtime. Bedtime is going to be amazing because it'll be quiet, it'll be calm, I can relax. And then what do we do? Oftentimes when we find moments of relaxation, we put on news, which does not help the case because there's even more noise. You don't know what to believe these days. And we have just noise, noise, noise. Or some of us, we like social media. We go on social media, and nothing's true on there. And you're like, this is crazy. I have no idea how to survive. And everything is loud. But in the midst of all this, we find the scripture that we want to focus on today. It says, be still and know that I am God. So let's talk about that this morning. I looked up the definition of be still in the dictionary. The dictionary is one of my favorite books to read these days. And so I'm looking up the definition of it. And it actually has two definitions that we're going to focus on in the moments that we have together. And then we're going to put something into practice today at the end of this service. But the first one is this, is to be still means to be silent. I told you the life that we live in is not a silent life. It's not a very quiet world that we live in. There's always something happening. Outside of my house, there is construction. We just moved into our new place about a year ago, and across the street from us is a uh, future site of an elementary school. And uh, so a lot of, a lot of the construction um, workers leave their stuff there, and it's just constant. And I don't know about you, I'm one of those um, parents now in this community where anybody who's driving fast, I give them dirty looks. I just, I, Lord, forgive me, but like I'm actually now tempted to start walking into the road like stop you're going way too fast it's inappropriate like one day I actually I looked at somebody he was going pretty fast I was walking my dog and I actually stopped and gave a step like this and just stared him down and he slowed down but slowed down to the point where he had to skid because he was going so fast and I was like thank you and then a one of the um, foremans of the of the site came by and I was like hey do you mind asking your people to stop like you ask us to slow down in construction zones why can't you slow down in family zones? And uh, he's like, okay, we'll put up a notice. And then the next car goes by. And I'm like, yeah, we'll get you, Minto. Anyways. But there's noise outside our house. In the, early in the morning, we hear construction. We hear things happening. Sometimes our, our house is shaking because of the construction happened all around it. There's just noise everywhere. And it's hard to escape the noise. You go to stores these days, the malls, music is playing. And sometimes you don't like the music. It's just noise, 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 noise. Everywhere we go, we have this absence of silence but here tucked away in 46 verse 10 he says be still which is to be silent and there's something powerful about silence and when he's talking about silence he's not talking about turning down volume he's not talking about uh, about you know what get away the things that are bothering you and put on other noise but he's talking about eliminating noise to remove that what's there and and here's the reality for a lot of us is that sometimes our noise or the loudness of life isn't even audible. The voices that are speaking to us on the inside saying we're not good enough. Saying we can't do this. Saying we can't do that. And all of these voices are speaking to us saying different things that we know aren't true and yet we believe them because we just assume that the louder, the truer it must be think to ourselves, I just, I can't handle this. And so sometimes we actually avoid what God actually wants us to do 
which is part of our communication with, with him, which is to be silent and listen. My wife and I have been married now for 11 years, and one of the things I've realized about marriage is you have to communicate. There is talking that needs to take place. I don't know if I've ever said this to you, but, but the illustration that I gave one time to, to a group of people was, imagine my wife and I, that we lived our relationship after 11 years, this whole 11 years, and we don't actually speak to each other. That we just, like, I, I think I know my wife. I know when she's not happy with me. I know when she's upset. I know when she's excited. I know when she's nervous. I know when she's bothered by something. And the look, it's the stare off. It's the, you know, it's the subtle things that tell me something's not right. Communication is nonverbal times, but there is verbal communication that needs to take place. And so could you imagine I come home from work and I, I sit down at the table and, and we're just hanging out together before dinner and then dinner happens and not a, one of us is saying a word and, and we look at each other and I start to eat my food and I just kind of nod at her for acknowledgement and she nods back for acknowledgement and we just kind of do our own thing and we turn up the music really loud and we can't hear each other and there's no real actual words being spoken. If you saw that as a person looking at our marriage and saw that, you would think, you're strange. You're really weird. And yet, in our relationship with God, so often there's a lack of communication taking place. And we think everything's good. Everything in our relationship is good, but we don't talk. Or rather, in this case, what we're talking about this morning is we don't listen. Scripture actually says this, let those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Let those who have ears to hear, let them hear. And it says it more than once, let those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Here And God wants you to understand that in your relationship with him, yes, there's dialogue that you get to pray, that you get to go to him, that you get to request things from him and talk to him and share things with him. But oftentimes our prayer life looks like this. God, thank you for today or thank you for the dinner. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. Today, could you do this for me? Could you make this happen for me? God, I'm really praying for this. I would love for this to happen. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And we leave. And we just end it like that and we go off and we do our day. But so often he's saying, let those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Which means for us to, yes, we need to communicate with God. That we are to speak with our mouth to him. We have access to into his presence. He tells us, look, when the veil was torn, I gave you access into my presence. That you could approach me with whatever concern, whatever thing you have going on. Speak to me about it. He actually says, cast all your cares on me for I care for you. And when he says cast, he's not saying just like, you know, politely do it. But actually throw them before him. Lay them at his feet release them from yourself but he also says hey if you have ears I also want you to listen to me the God that we serve in case you aren't aware of this is still alive is still active and he still speaks and his voice not only has power and authority but has insight he actually says this in scripture and I love this this, this scripture it says that um, I no longer call you um, servants or slaves I I'm actually calling you a friend because a servant has no idea what I'm doing. But, but a friend, I will give you insight. I will speak to you. I will tell you what's going on. And so if you have no idea what to do with your life, if you have no idea where you're going, just take a moment and listen because the God that you serve is speaking to you. And he wants to speak with you. He knows that his voice in your life makes your life better. And even better that a next step further is his voice in your life and you responding with obedience makes your life even that much more incredible. But he speaks. He wants to speak. And we think to ourselves in this day and age, we've got to just quickly go, quickly, quickly. We've got we to hurry up, we've got to hurry up. 
The God that I serve is the God who likes to spend time with his kids. Maybe it's just me doing one of those, I remember when, but I do remember when there was a time when the church waited in God's presence. And, and I'm not saying that churches don't enjoy that, don't appreciate that. And please hear me, churches these days, I know there's a lot of things going on. Our families have a lot of things going on. I understand all of that. But what I'm afraid has happened is not only are we neglecting time in his presence to just wait and to tarry at an altar, I'm afraid that when we even go home, we're not doing it there either. I can just get to church, get it over with, and go on with my day. But I believe with all my heart that our tarrying will come out of a lingering throughout the whole week in his presence. That as a church, our hunger and our desperation for him, yes, I understand schedules. Yes, I understand sometimes weeks are different than others. But please hear me. The God that we serve wants to spend time with you. He even says this. He says that I am a, I, I, I give to those who persistently seek me who come after me, and part of the seeking of him is listening to him. So when he says to be still, he says, look, be silent for a moment. It's not all about you. Even, even in services, this is what, maybe it's just me, maybe I'm, I'm guilty of this, but you know when a pastor reads a piece of scripture and you already think to yourself, I already know where he's going, I've already heard this, I made a mistake coming. Can I just say this? When you come to church, expect to receive. Not just for yourself, but for those you're going to encounter in the streets after you leave this place. Because I believe that you're going to meet somebody who needed to hear the message that you heard, and you came here on their behalf without even knowing it, and now you have a word from the Lord for them in their season, in their time, but it requires you to listen before you can ever give. Be still. Remain silent and listen for the voice because his voice still speaks his voice desires to communicate with you and the second part is this this morning it's to remain calm be still means to be silent but it also means to remain calm remain calm is not something that we naturally do when things don't go as planned and yet he tells us there's a lot of parts in scripture where where we could read it and we think to ourselves god I'm not sure that really applies to me because that's impossible. I'm not sure that really makes sense for me because I, I can't actually do that. God, I'm not sure that you actually meant I was supposed to tithe. I thought you meant everybody else who needed you to provide should tithe. Maybe that's who you're speaking to. No, no, God speaks to all of us. And even if it's difficult, he says, don't worry. We will get there. Just trust me and I will help you. God, I can't speak to the Egyptian leader. I can't speak to Pharaoh. I, I, I'm nobody. He goes, don't worry, it's not about you, it's about me. But, but how will they know that it's, how will they know, how, how, just say that I am sent you, you're okay. God, how am I going to do this? It has nothing to do with you. But, but my daughter, she's already dead, it's okay, it has nothing to do with you, I got this. Everything that is impossible to us that God wants us to do, yes, you play a part in it in a sense, but it's not about your strength, it's not about your ability, it's not about what you can do or what you think of it, it's about who he is, what he can do, and how he will do it through you. So he tells us to remain calm. When was the last time you were really nervous about something? 
Some of you are like, this morning when I woke up, I'm like, I'm nervous about hearing this guy preach. We don't know what to expect. And if that's what you thought, we'll pray for you later. It's okay. I understand. But I, honestly, I, maybe it's just, you know, the culture we live in now, but I'm, I'm a nervous parent sometimes. Like, I'm always like, slow down. Slow, no, don't, don't run downhill too fast because I start to picture things. I do this. This is really bad. I apologize. But, but I do this sometimes. I'm carrying my son or one of my kids at some point, and I'm upstairs, and I start to do things. Uh, I start to, um, to think ahead of things that aren't even happening. You ever do that? Where I'm carrying my kid, and the the downstairs is there over the wall and no I'm not thinking about throwing them over don't think that it's not what I'm doing but as I'm walking all of a sudden I get this mental picture of I can't imagine if my kid were to fall over this and I'm like let me walk away from this this is scary nothing's even happening I'm not some like person who's just walking around like this all the time like it's just not the case but I start to think about it when I grew up in Montreal they closed down this one bridge and and they put on the fireworks show right above our 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 version of Wonderland it's a little bit smaller but our version of it and and there's so many times where I go on that bridge and nothing's going to happen to me but I had to walk in the middle of the bridge because closer to the edge, I don't know if somebody's going to get really excited about um, something bursting in the air, and so I get, might get tossed over. I have no clue. And so I'm like, I'm safer right here. Like, it's just, I'm here. I'm, I'm good right here. I, I one time went to, uh, to New York City with, with my family when I was a little bit younger, and, and, and I remember this one time, my mom, she said, Adam, come, come out onto the platform of the Empire State Building. We want to get a picture. This is exactly how I took the picture. I opened the door, I said, tell me when you're ready. And okay, now, I did this. And then closed the door, I'm like, I'm good, I'll see you downstairs, we're, we're good. Nothing was wrong, nothing was happening. My mind told me, hey, be careful because this can happen, and what can happen, all of a sudden becomes a reality in your heart. You're like, oh, how do I? how do I operate with this? And we start to panic, and we start to just freak out, and we think, I don't know how to do this. Tell my kids we go to we love going to Indigo now, which used to be chapters, and I'll tell them, okay, go go, and you can hang out in the kids area. They want to just go play, and I'm like, okay, if anyone comes to you, even if you think you know them, and they say this, just scream. That's all I want you to do. Just scream. Like, Dad, what if it's Mom? Scream louder. Just scream, <laughs> scream louder. No, I, I, it's just you're like, wow, what, Mom? It's Mom, and she's here, and and, and so we, I, I just tell that because fear likes to operate our life. Fear wants to take control. And don't get me wrong, fear is natural. Fear is a normal thing. But fear should not control you. All through scripture, do not be afraid. Jesus walking on water, disciples panic, ah, it's a ghost. No, don't be afraid, it's just me. Don't be afraid. And our fear is conquered when we're aware of the opposite thing that is causing the fear. We think it's a ghost. No, it's just Jesus. We're comforted. I'm going through this. Don't worry. You're going to be okay. I'm better. Fear wants to take control. Fear wants to, to, to take over what's actually happening. But in the scripture, he says, be still, to be silent. But he also says, be still, which is to remain calm. Remain calm. I said it before here preaching one time, and that's in scripture. It says this. That in this life, you will face tough times. But Jesus says, but fear not, for I have overcome the world. What he's saying is this. Look, Monday to Friday, Monday to Saturday, even Sundays, I need you to remain calm. 
Even when life gets a little bit crazy, remain calm. And I'll tell you why. Because I'm in control. I'm in control, so you have nothing to fear. Fear will happen. But do not let fear conquer you because I've already conquered that situation. So we remain calm, not because of how awesome you are or how good you are, because of how great he is and what he can do, and we remain calm in those moments. Remain calm. Sometimes what happens when we think about our future, we start to panic. How, how am I going to do this? I need to get this job or that job, and I need to provide for my family. I, this is not going to work. Remain calm. Remain calm. But, but, but I'm single, and, I, and I, I, just, I, I don't know if I'll be able to find somebody for me, and I want to get married. Remain calm. God's in control. But, but, but I went through this, so I, I'm not sure if I can trust. Just remain calm. He's in control. But, but, but this person's sick. This, this family member's sick, and I don't know. Remain calm. He's in control. Now, please hear me on this. Sometimes the end result does not go as planned. But he still says remain calm because even in the experience of what we did not think was going to happen, he is still God, he is still good, he still gives joy, he still gives peace. So even though you go through the toughest moment of your life, remain calm because he is turning all things good. It's a God that we serve. So he says to remain calm. Be silent because you can hear his voice when we're silent. Be silent because he speaks. Be silent because he's given you direction. Be silent because he is a God who loves you and is desiring to give you insight to the plans for your life, the plans that he has for you. So remain quiet. Be silent so you can hear him. But he also says remain calm because the life that you are living is not an easy one. And it's getting diff more and more difficult by the day. Just turn on the news. We know how difficult life is. Walk down your street. You'll see how difficult life is. Life is not easy. But remain calm. Remain calm because he's in control. And here's the great thing about God is that he actually wants better for your life than you actually do. So much so that he'll stop things that will hurt you, even though you think it's good at the moment. God, can't you see where I'm at? Shouldn't you be answering me right now? No, I know exactly when because I'm God, and when I answer it, it'll be that much better for you. Be silent and remain calm. Be still. And here's the part that ties the remain calm to this whole verse. So be still, remain calm, and know that I am God. That word know, K-N-O-W, it comes from this word of more, more so than, more than just information. It comes through experience. Know that I am God. Remain calm, and you'll see that I am God. Even says this in Scripture, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste means to try something that you have not tried. Taste, just taste it. Venture out and try this. Just try it. And so we step out and we say, okay, I'm going to try this. And he shows up and we see the Lord is good. The God that we serve is good. But he says, remain calm and know that I am God. When you read through chapter 46, 
when it starts off, it actually begins to say these things. God is our refuge and strength. He's the person that we can run to. He's the person that gives us the strength that we need. He is the person who equips us for the battle that we are in. He prepares us for the fight that we are facing. He is our refuge. He is our strength. I, I can't do this, God. It's okay. I'm going to help you. God, I feel too weak. It's okay. I will give you the strength that you need to deal with the situation that you are dealing with. I love this. He is our very present help. He is not only a future help because he is also helping your future but in your situation that you are in now he is your present help he will help you where you are how you are when you are there he will help you in that moment even when you don't feel like he's present with you he is there and he is working on your behalf and even though the results aren't immediate his comfort is his peace is his joy is present with you he is your ever present help when you run to that refuge when you seek that strength he is there at that moment with you the God that we serve never leaves us and he never forsakes us he is our very present help and I love it says in verse 2 therefore we will not fear though the earth gives way it says this we will not fear why because of what verse 1 says we won't be afraid because God is our strength we won't be afraid because of who he is and what he's doing at our present time, he is taking care of us now and forever. He is with us. He is by our side. And so even though the earth may give way, even though this world may tell us lies, even though this world may seem to be off its rocker right now, we are still okay because the God that we serve is our strength and he is our refuge and he is our ever-present, our very present help. So verse 2 is a response to verse 1. But verse 10 is a response to that same thing. We can know that he is God because of who he says he is. Did you know that God does not lie? Yeah, but I've been waiting for something for a long time. Well, keep waiting. And God does not lie because he will make it happen when it's supposed to happen. David was called to be king. And what happens right after he was anointed as king? Can I go back and take care of some sheep? Wait, aren't you king? Aren't you supposed to be king? Yeah, but I'm not there yet. I'm going to be. I am Israel's next king. And even though I've been anointed as king, I still have work to do here. So let me finish well here and so I can work well there. And so even though you're going through something now, and it doesn't seem right, don't worry. The God that we serve is in control. He says, don't be afraid. Don't panic. Don't be nervous. Remain calm and know that I am God. He does not lie. Scripture even says to us, says that um, let, every man, let, let God be true and every man be a liar. And if you go through Scripture, piece after piece, paper after paper, page after page, you will not find an area where God lied. It can't be found. From front to back, it backs itself up. And when you step out in faith, you will see God show up. We were, we were praying for this girl one time in El Salvador. I traveled to El Salvador with a missions team. And, and uh, there was this girl who was deaf for uh, 14 years of her life. And we began to pray. And I'll never forget the prayer that I heard from a pastor friend of mine. And it, it actually impacted me greatly. And he, he, said, he said this, God, this is your name on the line. Not mine. You said that you're a healer. And he started to remind God of, of who he was. I'm like, um, I think he knows who he is. Like, let's just take it down a notch. 
But I listened to him pray. He's like, God, this is you. You say that you can do this. So we trust you. We prayed for five minutes and she wasn't healed. And so we stopped praying. Not true. We kept praying. We kept praying. And about just under an hour goes by. And all of a sudden we just stopped praying at just one moment. And this girl's mom standing over there, and she was about here. She calls to her name, and in an instant she does this. And turns and hears her mom's voice for the very first time call her name. It was an incredible moment. But I didn't do it. My pastor's friend, my pastor's friend didn't do it. None, none of us people who were praying did it, but the God that we serve did. Because he was a healer, he is a healer, and he will always be a healer. And so in our situations, he will heal. Now let's just stop for a moment, because we all know people who have died, and they were not healed the way we want them to be healed. God promises us healing here and or in eternity. And oh, do we want it here. We would love to see healing happen here and now. But even during the sickness, God is present he is strong, he has peace, he has joy. How are you joyful? How do you have peace when somebody that you love is sick? It's still there, it's present for us. And healing, even though it's not here, it is waiting for us. And the closer we get to eternity, the closer we get to complete healing. But sometimes, and quite often, God will allow that healing to take place on this side of eternity. And we rejoice when he does, but when it doesn't happen, we still rejoice because we know that he is faithful in eternity just as he is here on earth. It's the God that we serve. So he says, look, I've got it all figured out. Remain calm and know that I am God. I'm the God who spoke this world into existence. I'm, I'm the God who, who makes things go. I'm the God who puts things into motion. Do not be afraid. Do not panic. Know that I am God. This morning, what I, what I want to do as we get ready to conclude is I want to give us an opportunity to respond in this way specifically. We're actually going to put into practice what we just talked about. And for some of you, it's going to get really uncomfortable in just a moment. Some of you are like, should I exit now? No, please don't. Should I not come back next week? Oh, please do. We'll have another exercise for you. But we're going to put this into practice. Because I don't believe in just spectators, but we have to also respond. And, and I'm telling you that this piece of scripture, uh, a year ago, and even this past Christmas, I, I can't tell you that it was something that I could understand and fully grasp, even though I had preached it before, talked about this message, and you encourage, you know when people are going through stuff, we say, hey, just be still and know that he is God. Easy for you to say when you're not going through something. But it's still true. This past Christmas, it's a sad story, but this, this past Christmas, um, my, uh, I was at my daughter's gymnastics, and uh, I got a phone call from my mom, and she was hysterical on the phone. I actually thought she was laughing at first, and I was trying to understand what was taking place. And I, and I finally just said, Mom, what's wrong? And I could hear broken up words, and she said my aunt's name, and and from my aunt's name, she said some other things. And I can tell that my aunt was hurt in some shape or form. So my aunt was in a car accident. But then as the story came through a little bit here and there, I knew that there was somebody else in the car with her. And in this story, my, my aunt had blacked out while driving and went, went off the road. 
and in the car with her were her two grandkids. A four-year-old and a two or almost two-year-old. And that almost two-year-old didn't make it. Now, to know the backstory, my, when I was seven years old, that same aunt, in the middle of the night, her son was driving his scooter and he was hit by a car, 14 years old, and he died. His name was Bruce. A few years, quite a few years after that, my, his brother was driving at night with some friends in the passenger seat. He was in the passenger seat, and there was this moment where they were in the eastern township, so a lot of farm animals and all that kind of stuff. One of the farm animals had made its way onto the road, and it was nighttime. They didn't see it, and they hit a cow in the middle of the road. And this 1,500-pound cow flipped up and landed and crushed my cousin's skull. He was in a coma. Luckily, survived. They don't know how he made it. And then... This happens, and this little boy's middle name is Bruce. So her son, when I was seven, her 14-year-old son passed away, name was Bruce, and now her almost two-year-old grandson passes away, middle name is Bruce. Just heart ripped out. And how in that moment do you tell somebody, be still and know that I am God? I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're experiencing. I don't know what's making you nervous or what fear is trying to grab a hold of your heart and a hold of your life. But as selfish as it might sound, the truth behind it does not fade, and that is be still and know that He is God. Because even when it hurts, even when the pain is more real than you ever thought it would be, He's still God. And He still loves you still a plan for your life even in the midst of chaos there's still a plan for your life I need you to hear me on this one of the key things that will get us through those moments is to first stop and be silent but pastor in silence it's uncomfortable because I hear all the negativity I hear I'm not good enough I hear I'm not qualified enough I hear about my past mistakes, my past fail. I hear, I hear all of those voices telling me no, telling me I can't. I know. And I've been there, and there's days where I'm still there. But I also know that if you sit long enough, and you start to remember what he says about himself in this book, Eventually, in the darkness of your mind, comes a light. And that light comes in the form of his character, who he is. And the you're not good enough says you're perfect. And the voice that says no one will ever be able to love you all of a sudden turns into I love you just as you are. Sometimes it's going to require you to push past the uncomfortable moment so that we could hear the voice of our God. So 
So this morning we're going to do that. We're going to take a moment to listen to his voice. It's going to get real quiet in here. I know sometimes what we like to do is play worship, and we're going to sing a song just a moment in response to who he is and what he does. But here's what happens normally. We think to ourselves, I'm going to go and be still before the Lord, and we just put on music. And music is great. I love worship music. Don't get me wrong. But there are very, there are a lot of moments where we have begun to worship worship. We have fallen in love with songs when those songs were meant for us to fall in love with our creator. And I can't enter into worship unless I hear my song and sung the way I want it to be sung. I just tell you all of those, that criteria for your worship is irrelevant. What matters is you connecting with your, your king. And even if it doesn't sound right to you or you don't sing the right note or whatever, what matters is that you sing to your king. But in this moment, what I want you to do is not speak a word. I'm actually going to time it just, just so we don't go on for, for days and, you know, I'm here till next week with you and I'm going to come back next week, all right? I mean, if you want to stay here that entire time, that's good too, but, but we're going to take a moment. I'm going to give you just about three minutes this morning of just complete silence. And in that complete silence, I want you just to listen for God's voice. Push past the negativity and look for the voice of love, which is his voice. So when I say go... We're going to do that very thing. And after three minutes is up, I'm going to pray. When I finish praying, we're going to worship because I believe that a great response to him is our worship. And giving praise to our God. Now in these next few moments, I believe he wants to speak to you. For some of you, address some very specific things. And as you begin to hear his voice, he's going to remind you not only to be silent, but to remain calm. Because he is God. I know it's going to be uncomfortable, but we're going to push through together. Your three minutes begins now.
you stand this morning? God, we thank you so much have to come into your presence. Father, I pray that as believers, as followers of you, that we would learn the importance of being still before you. To be silent and hear your voice, but also to remain calm when life throws something at us that we weren't expecting, when fear tries to grip. We remain calm because of who you are. So, Father, I pray that as we respond now with a song of worship, I pray that with our whole hearts, with passion and enthusiasm, I pray that we would respond to your voice this morning by singing praise to you. You are worthy of our praise. You are worthy. Father, we thank you for the things you've spoken to individuals in this place, the things that you've spoken to families in this place. We just pray that as we respond now, that this would be a springboard to something great in our life. We love you. We sing to you now. Thank you so much for listening to the Sermon of the Week. God wants to work in your life, and we want to hear it. Please take a moment to share your story by emailing amen at westonroadchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope listening to this week's message has equipped you to be the light wherever you go.